You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvicecoaching.com. Today we have an interview and I've not done an interview that I can remember in quite a while. These days I'm really only interested in interviewing people that I would find very interesting to talk to myself. And today we have Jared from the Health Goat. Jared, funny enough, is actually an old college friend of mine. We were in the same fraternity. We weren't, and I know he's listening to this, so I wonder if you'd agree here, Jared. We weren't really friends in college. He was a year older, which I was friends with some of the older guys, but he just, I don't know, we didn't really run in the same circle inside of our fraternity. It wasn't until years later we reconnected, and I believe, actually, I lived in LA, but not at the same time as him. He lived in LA, but we had a little bit of that in common. And we just reconnected on and dating because he saw that I was doing some dating stuff. So we talked about that and he was getting into some health stuff, which you're going to hear about this in a bit. And it's really cool because I'm seeing him build up his whole community online, which he's crushing it on Instagram and TikTok, all based around health and performance and feeling better. And so now I get to have him on the podcast here and we're talking about some of the most important health habits that you could start doing today to actually appear more attractive. And what I mean is when you do these certain things, you are going to look better, which is going to make you physically more attractive. You are going to feel better. So you're going to have more attractive behavior and you're going to have the energy that you need to be successful in dating. So while this is maybe an episode you you feel like you might hear in a health podcast, I'm having him on because this is very much related to dating and not indirectly, like it is directly related to dating when you're taking care of your health. So that's why Jared is on and that's why we had such a great conversation and you're gonna learn a lot. You can check out his Instagram. I put a link in the show notes and also... Side note, we've added some more dates to our live training schedule. If you go to tripadvice.com slash live training, you're going to see we added some dates. We even have one in London. So if you are in Europe or anywhere near the UK, we're going to do a boot camp in London July 5th. We added a San Diego date, another Miami date, a Chicago date. Check it out, tripadvice.com slash live training. This is for the boot camps that we are running. We are running boot camps all across the country where you can go and meet a coach, work with him and a couple of guys in the city, going out, approaching women, working on flirting, escalation, approach anxiety, and just getting really really good in one weekend at approaching because you're going to be approaching so many women and learning how to do it in all different atmospheres and avenues. And you're going to do it at grocery stores and shops and clubs and bars and everywhere. So you get a full idea of what it's like to be approaching when you go back to your hometown. So check out all the dates we have at tripadvice.com slash live training. And then you can hop in a call with my team. We can chat with you about more in terms of how the bootcamp works and also talk to you if you're interested about our virtual program. And we have a, have a deal going on right now where we kind of bundle it all. So if you want to do it all, you'll be able to, to do that too. The call will you know help you understand exactly 
what it's all about, what it entails, and if it's going to be helpful for you. And that call is free. We want to make sure that people have a really good idea of what they're in for before they sign up. That's why we don't have a sign up button on the on the website. So it's game changer. These boot camps are not going anywhere. We're going to try to do as many as we can in as many cities as we can. Always be checking out that URL for more updates on more cities. Here's my interview with Jared. Get ready to take some notes. I know you will. What's up, Jared? How you doing, man? Great, man. Super happy to be here. Super happy to have you. So why don't you give a little background about you, how you got into health and your your journey with all that and what got you started on just trying to be the healthiest version of yourself? I think it probably relates to your show and audience. Like when I moved to LA, there was just this mentality of like, you have to look better. It's very competitive here. So I think the first kind of step towards it for me was more of like an aesthetics thing. Like you think health is just like kind of having a six pack and like looking as good as possible. That's going to help you get more girls, et cetera. And then kind of the longer I lived here and just the more things that I went through in my life, you just continue to uncover more and more layers of it. And you kind of realize it's way more than those kind of superficial things while important. And then during the pandemic, I've worked in the NBA for 15 years and like the league shut down during the pandemic. So I took that opportunity to go back to school at the Primal Health Institute, which is one of the top ranked health coaching programs in the industry. So I got this kind of deeper education on nutrition and kind of ancestral living is what that program is really about. It kind of ties in modern science with like ancestral practices and kind of the psychology of coaching. So once I did that, I basically started up this social media Instagram page and kind of just been winging it since then. That's cool, man. What was it that really led you to want to go into that or or take those classes at that Institute? I think it's just this like hunger to optimize my ability and my potential here while we're here, you know, like being the best version of myself. I think that's kind of all of our responsibilities. So you're not leaving anything on the table. So it's really this idea of um, where am I not, you know, like maximizing my potential, like have it be nutritionally or sleep wise. And like that just kind of became like a major purpose for me. It was just being like, is, is, good as I can be in terms of like feeling my best every day so I can perform my best so I can be the best in my business so I can be the best in all these were you, different were you feeling crappy I don't think I'm not, I'm not one of those people that's like I had this terrible health history which led me into the field to like cure my IBS or something like that you know I was raised on the standard American diet like a lot of us so just like I've had like little health issues but it was more kind of like a curiosity in like human performance and cool kind of being the best possible. So, you know, I wanted, like, I kind of lost faith in corporate America. Like when the pandemic hit, I just didn't want to be so exposed to some of these systems. So I'm just like, okay, what do I love? 
and I love my passion was health. So I'm just like, how do I, you know, potentially do this for a living? Started researching programs, and it was kind of a no brainer to sign up for the one that I ultimately chose. Well, that's that's cool. So you don't have this crazy story, of course, of okay, you were 50 pounds overweight, now you're you know you're fit and all that stuff. But even the changes that you did make from what you learned, what were some of the changes that you saw in your just overall health? I was probably like 22, 23% body fat at, at a certain point. And then, you know, I've gotten down to like 10%, 9%. So there's definitely been a physical transformation with it. But I'd say it's the mental component of it where you start to learn the foods that you're putting in your body are affecting your mood, affecting your thoughts, affecting your energy. If you looked at pictures of me now, I'm 41 compared to when I was 26. Like I look younger and I look better and more vibrant now, you know, crazy. Um, So I just think there's this myth out there that, you know, like as you get older, you're supposed to feel worse. You're supposed to just start deteriorating, looking worse, getting bags under your eyes. And like, it's really not like that if you're taking the proper steps to kind of nourishing your body and, you know, getting the right sleep and all these different components that make up like holistic health. So I know that whatever you're doing for your health is not going to be the same per se, what someone else might need or what I might need, but maybe walk us through a 24 hour cycle in your life of what you do. I'm just asking more out of curiosity. Like, okay, so what does Jared do when it comes to everything, whatever it's sleep or water or diet or exercise? Like, what are you doing? What, what got you to that point where now it's like, okay, you look you know, younger than you did 15 years ago. Yeah. And it is important because like you mentioned, I think people try to copy and paste what somebody else does and it's not necessarily applicable to their life. The best chance we have at this is to learn how to be intuitive with your body. But for me, you know, like I'm, I'm pretty early risers. So maybe I'll get out of bed around 530. My morning is really centered around like having a structure, not being, I don't, I won't look at my phone. Like today I didn't look at my phone for three hours upon waking up because we're such, I mean, this is a different topic, but we're such slaves to our phone now that I do try to create a buffer in the mornings and then kind of in the evenings where I'm not just completely glued to it. So are you going to use my app suggestion that I gave you before we started this call? Yeah, I'm definitely looking into it because (laughs) I mean, these things are addictive for all of us, no matter how, healthy you claim to be or how strong mentally you are. Like it's just working on our psychology and our brain chemistry. And it's kind of just, we can't keep up with it from an evolution standpoint. We're just not used to it. Yeah. No, you're right. Oh, by the way, listener, I gave, I gave Jared um, a recommendation. This, this, this is not a sponsorship, but maybe it should be freedom.to is what I told him. And I don't even know if that's the end all be all. It's just the one I use. Maybe there's better ones. I have no idea. Again, this is not sponsored, but freedom.2. It's a website and an app, and it can help block any app or website that you want to make sure you're not on. So it can block Instagram, for example, or you know, it can block a website you might go on. Or if you're trying to block porn, it could block all that. Stuff. Like whatever you want to block, it will block it for you for as long as you want. So you're like, okay, I need to not look at my Instagram app or my, I don't know, what do people call it? Your Gmail app or whatever. You can block it for like one hour. You can block it for 
a month. But yeah, back to your 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 twenty four hour cycle. So I think the way we start our mornings can obviously. I mean, if you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do is jump on your phone. You are completely, you know, doing something that's not consistent with what your biology expects. Like you're just kind of wrecking your hormones to an extent where, and you're also just giving up all your sovereignty to like whatever you see on your screen, right? Like if you get notifications or emails or whatnot, it's like, you're now at the liberty of that and whatever emotions that can incite. So it's like, and what need to cortisol that's going to, going to release. Right. So your, your body runs on a 24 hour clock. It's supposed to release certain hormones at certain times. And when we start kind of interfering with that by doing things like out of our natural alignment, we can say, you start releasing the wrong hormones and you start, these hormones compete with each other. So that's why you're one reason why you're seeing people like are developing some of these health issues. You know, I know we talked a little bit about some testosterone issues and whatnot. So kind of remaining consistent with our ancestry without like being maniacal about it. But if you think about it, like human beings have rose and fallen with the sun for like, you know, hundreds of thousands of years, you know, that's like how our biology is wired. So getting outside early in the morning is always, um, something that I'm kind of a lot of awareness around. So it's like hydration, water, lime, usually like hot herbal tea. I make a lot of like fresh juices in the morning. So just like giving my body, like, you know, like water, minerals, these things that it has probably been deprived of because I've been sleeping for the past eight hours. So a lot of focus on hydration, kind of keeping my body in like a, more of a detox state in the morning. That's just more of my approach. Like a lot of other people would, they're more on giving yourself like a more nourishing, hearty breakfast of like protein and fat, which I'm not against these concepts at all. But for me, I'm just like, I like kind of keeping that like that detox feel where like fruit is I think one of the best things you can give the body especially on an empty stomach because it's like the easiest thing to digest you're getting minerals and natural hydration so it's just like all these things like to keep things flowing and like kind of get me into the day if that makes sense so then I'll usually maybe after an hour hour and a half or so like then I'll turn my phone on and then typically like exercise in some fashion like I'm morning exercise or go to the gym or kind of do like an outdoors exercise. Like, you know, the Santa Monica stairs, I'm guessing from your time in LA. So yeah, I did that once. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll go out there and like, just walk or sprint the stairs, get push ups. Plus you're kind of hitting two, you're kind of killing two birds with one stone where you're getting outside as well, which is one of the best things we can do for our health. Um, what time come, is this at? Probably like today, I worked out around like 6.30, you know, 6.45. Then I'll what have time 5.30. Okay. So, you know, 5.30, get my hydration, whatnot, then get outside, work out or go to the gym. That's like an hour. You know, you don't have to spend two hours at the gym. You know, like being, I think being on airplane mode in the gym is like the number one thing that I would recommend people doing because it's like, you got to create more presence in everything we're doing. So if you're at the gym, like you're there to work out, you're not there to scroll Instagram. You're not there to check your emails. 
or send text messages, all those things are just detracting from your workout. So you can be in and out in like 45 minutes. Then I'll get home, eat breakfast, maybe, you know, create content, something along those lines. Obviously, like shower up these things. And then probably like after whatever my content creation mode, I'm probably like eating lunch around one o'clock, we'll say. So all these, like I'm almost always preparing my own meals is going to be crucial. No egg McMuffins. Got it. Definitely not. Then like, you know, slower, slower pace in the afternoons, I would say. Like, I think it's just normal for people to have like a dip in energy around those times. Like, I don't, I think everyone's like, how do I overcome these afternoon lulls, if that makes sense. But like, I'll usually take a, like a 45 minute walk in the afternoon just to make sure I'm getting more outdoor time, more movement. I don't like working in the evenings. So like by the time that's over, like I'm coming home, making dinner, you know, like I might do like a sauna at night or like read, kind of just like unwind, put myself in a state to go to sleep. Like I think a lot of people make this mistake that it's like, they think they can just, once it comes becomes 10 o'clock, they can just like snap their fingers and just easily fall asleep. But I think all the decisions you make up until that point, especially in the evening, like is going to affect like how quickly you fall asleep and the quality of your sleep. So like I'm in bed by nine o'clock pretty much every night, unless, you know, I have friends that I'm going out with or someone's in town or something. Yeah. And then kind of do it again the next day, if that makes sense. So when you're going to bed at nine, when are you falling asleep? Probably like maybe 9.30, like, you know, 9.45, like, cause I'll do like kind of like a breath work while I'm in bed or like a meditation, something like that kind of put me more like in that relaxed state and then fall asleep, probably wake up around like five or so. Okay. And that's giving you about eight hours, right? Yeah, about seven and a half, maybe seven and a half, eight. Do you feel refreshed and like ready to go in the morning or does it take you a little bit to get out of the groggy state? Pretty refreshed recently for sure. It just depends on what an individual is dealing with. Like I've definitely had those times where it's like a little harder to get out of bed and like, it's not like I'm like rushed. Like I told you, like my morning is like very kind of calm. I keep all the lights off, you know, like I pretty much never have lights on in my house at all, like nighttime or in the morning. Like I'm just kind of like letting the outdoor environment almost dictate the indoor environment. If that makes sense. Yep. something we can talk about. Like lighting, I think is, is like, especially in today's day and age is one of the biggest factors in determining your health, your quality of sleep, your hormones, it's like the, there's like four nutrients on this earth. I would say like food, water, air, and light. And I think light is the one that people like always forget about, you know, like the sun governs all light on this planet. Like none of us would exist without it. So there's been this, this myth that's been perpetuated that the sun is bad for you or the sun is causing these diseases, which I find to be untrue i mean these things like obviously you can be overdoing things but people are like spending i want to say like 10 percent of their time indoors now i'm sorry outdoors now and like 90 percent indoors when i think you know it used to be flipped like you know we never lived 
indoors. I'm not saying like, let's go back into the wilderness, but you have to make a concerted effort to get outside and get like fresh air and get sunlight. So yeah, like the more my indoor environment can kind of mimic what's happening outside, like that's going to keep me more in line with our circadian health, if you're familiar with the term. So do you mean that when the sun starts to set and then it becomes dark outside, you keep your inside super dim? I will not have overhead lights on for sure. Because if you think about it in nature, like you're only going to have overhead light, like at like a very short moment during the day at solar noon. So it just doesn't make sense to have overhead lights on in your house, especially after sundown. So like, I'll have like, you can do candles or I have like Himalayan salt lamps, like a couple in each room and it's more than enough. They'll sell circadian friendly light bulbs, like things like that. They don't emit any blue light. So it's just more consistent with kind of the time of day, but you're, you're not like walking around in the dark and like red light bulbs at night. So it's like kind of creating an ambiance that is going to be conducive to sleep, you know? So does that mean during the day you have all of your artificial lights on? No, I mean like my, I have a lot of natural light. Yeah. I have a lot of natural light in my apartment. So, I mean, I'll just have like blinds open windows open and like, you know, what if one doesn't have that though? They don't really get great light natural sunlight into their home and they have to be inside most of the day i would just be more careful about what kind of bulbs are lighting your house you know like i wouldn't want led bulbs for example i would want like something that's more flicker free potentially and more just like like a safer bulb like there's a company that i like a lot called bond charge is the company they sell these bulbs out. I just mentioned them. It's more, it's like they call it a full spectrum light bulb and it kind of has three different settings on it. And you can kind of switch the setting based on what time it is, if that makes sense. So like at night, it's more of like that amber feel in the mornings. Like if you do turn it on, if you don't have good lighting, it's going to be like a brighter, but like an overall safer bulb, you know, it's just not good for us like to be, you know, if you think about some of these spaces that you see in society, like grocery stores or some of these big box, like like Costco or like the Best Buys of the world, where they just have these like bulbs kind of like, you know, up top, it can create anxiety for people. You know, like you go into these huge places and these lights are just like beaming down on you. It doesn't create like comfort, you know? it kind of can shift you into that more into that like fight or flight like that. A lot of people will talk about as opposed Mm -hmm. to these more natural lights. Like you go outside, people instantly always feel like in a better mood. You know, you got a headache, go outside. You got a stomach ache, go outside. You got a bad mood, go take a walk. Like, because there's something just about being outside and about like the natural light, like the photons in the air, all these things that are going to make you, feel better and kind of give your body what it needs. So I'm pretty careful about even staring at screens, you know, like these, these things I think are having like a, an impact on our health that we can't necessarily completely measure right now, but like wearing the, these blue blocking glasses, like I definitely think there's a legitimacy to them. You know, they've done research where they've had groups of people that were wearing like these blue blocking glass. I think it was like a university of Houston study where these, a group of people like wore these blue blockers at nighttime 
and I think they measured their melatonin compared to the, to the group that wasn't wearing the blue blockers and was just staring at screens with like naked eyes, basically. And I think there's a pretty substantial difference in their melatonin that was released by the people that were wearing the blue blockers. So like melatonin is just like, we can just call it like a main hormone for, you know, sleep health. And I mean, overall health, all these things are important, but it's kind of like your, your master sleep hormone, we could say. Cool. Interesting. Okay. So I know you've already given a few, but what are some continuing on to what you're saying? What are some other universal things that you'd recommend for people to do? I know that you have your, some of your own things that you do, but what can you say from the research and the, and the studies that you've done that most people would really benefit from in terms of changing their health, which can then of course change, like you said, their mood, their energy, vitality, all that. So obviously one of the main levers you can pull is going to be nutrition. And there's like so many, I think so many people are so confused right now because there's so many competing factions where it's like, you got your carnivores, you got your vegans, you got your keto people, paleo, like all these different nutritional ideologies that I don't necessarily subscribe to any of them. You know, I think we get in a dangerous territory where we start kind of demonizing foods that we know by and large are healthy. But like the one thing that I will like die on the hill for is you have to eat real food. And because I mean, we have so much, so many examples of cultures throughout the world and throughout time that have reached tremendous levels of health eating different diets. But the one common denominator that I always see is that they ate real food that came from as close to the earth as possible. So like by that, I mean, the closest you're going to get, obviously, and none of us are really doing this, is like growing your food. But then there's like different levels to it. And it's like then you then you would have the farmer's market. Then you would have the grocery store. So like most people are going to go to the grocery store. And really to just make this as simple as possible, and people have probably heard this before, but staying on the perimeter of the grocery store, like you want to stay out of the middle aisles. I Like we've been kind of sold these ideas that like, and it's a lot of it's food marketing. Some of these like prepackaged foods, like they're pushing oh, high protein or keto, but like in reality, none of that is really going to be the ideal for the human diet. So like fruits, vegetables, quality animal protein and healthy fats, I think like would make up the majority of diet. And that could really differ based on your location and you know, different circumstances, but those are like healthy like, grains though. Those would be in the center, like a quinoa or a brown rice. I'm not like necessarily, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say that they're bad. I think they can potentially be a little, I mean, it just depends on your goals too. If you're like super active, right? Like I'm not one of those people that's like anti-carbohydrate, you know, like that's another thing that I think is kind of a myth that's been, push throughout the health and fitness world is like, Oh, you got to limit your carbs. But like, like I said earlier, fruit to me is the healthiest thing you can do for your body in a lot of ways. But I think people need carb knowledge, you know, cause like you have like good carbs and then you have ones that really are not going to contribute to a healthy metabolism. We can say, so like the good carbs I think are going to be for sure fruits and vegetables. And then I think, just because I think we do have to re respect kind of 
these foods are supposed to be prepared and eaten in a certain way. You know, like I'm not one of those people that's like, we have to do everything the way our ancestors did, but there was an intuition and a knowledge with how they were preparing foods where, you know, they were like soaking and fermenting grains in order to make them more easily digestible. So like people nowadays, they don't have time to do that, you know? And some of these grains I think are more subject to, harsh pesticides and growing practices that can, you know, they've kind of been bastardized to an extent. We're not eating them like in their natural form that we've always eaten them, if that makes sense. But like, I'd say white rice is like more going to be like something neutral that, you know, is going to be easier to digest if you are looking for more carbs. But I think especially wheat in this country in particular, like how many people I've heard have made mention that like they went to Europe and they were eating the gluten and the pasta and the bread and they felt great. Then you come to America just because of how we're harvesting things right now. It's just not compatible with our bodies like that. So I think you're seeing a lot of people are developing like gut and hormone issues because of some of these foods that have become kind of taken out of their natural element and become problematic if that makes sense so like i do not eat a lot of wheat in america i don't i i mean like quinoa to me is kind of like something more in the gray area like i'm not against it i'll eat it sometimes just doesn't necessarily like i'm not going to have grains on my plate at every meal like i also think it is important like it to if you want these things to be sustainable like it has to be a diet that you feel good about you know like and that you're going to be able to carry forward with you so like if you love some of these foods you may just need to limit some of them in order to reach whatever goals that you may have. Cause I wouldn't say that they're like, I wouldn't say they're bad, but let's say that like we can get the same nutrition from something that's better. It really, okay. it's, it's really avoiding like some of these extremely heavily processed foods. So like always at the top of that list for me is going to be industrial seed and vegetable oils, which are basically They've only been in usage by humans for like the past hundred years. So like we're talking about some like tiny fraction of our timeline as human beings. So I really like to just base things off of like, has this worked for human beings in the past? And I think what you've seen through the introduction of some of these new age foods, like, you know, the fake meats and the artificial sweeteners and some of these heavily processed foods, it's like, it's not working for us, you know? I don't believe in like a perfect diet, but I believe in like, let's like kind of avoid some of these things that, you know, are kind of coincide directly with huge rises in obesity and some of these autoimmune diseases like diabetes and just like eat real food and how you want to piece that together for you. Like, I think there needs to be some intuition. Like I'm not going to give somebody a copy and paste meal plan or something like that. Like, I don't think that's sustainable. So it's like eating real whole foods, like just using some common sense and intuition. Like, how about this? For example, if you've ever seen a food that's been like advertised to you, you probably shouldn't eat it. You know what I mean? Like you don't have advertisements for blueberries. (laughs) I never heard it that way. That's cool. That's good. If it has ingredients that you wouldn't use in your kitchen, maybe leave it on the shelf you know and like again you don't need to be 100% with these things but like having awareness of like 
this might be, you know, contributing to some of these headaches or some of these mood swings that I'm having where like getting more intuitive with your food and like how your body feels after eating it, I think is extremely important because no one's going to have a health coach for their whole life for the most part. And we don't want to be caught in these webs of like constantly consuming like health content. And there's just a lot of anxiety that I think comes in the space. So it's just like making this as simple as possible for people and kind of basing your diet around those four things that I previously mentioned. That's like really my idea and like having room for some specialty things and things that you like as well, but like making the core of your diet being fruits, vegetables, quality animal protein. And I'm not going to like put parameters on it, like whatever people like to eat and healthy fats, you know, like time honored fats. So like, that's really going to be fats that come from, from fruits, which is going to be olives, coconuts, and avocados. And then like their oils that are derived from theirs, like those I'd say are safe cooking oils. So olive oil, avocado oil, coconut oil, and then like animal fats, I think hold up well to high heat cooking. And they just have a track record where, you know, we've seen people that have reached longevity and stayed free of, you know, some of these diseases that are plaguing us, like eating the grass-fed butters and, you know, grass-fed whey, even beef tallow, things that are coming from earth as opposed to things that have been in a lab created by, we don't even know, like, who made that? You know what I mean? Like, you're looking at a box of frosted flakes, like, who made that? You know what I mean? Like, I know who made, like, if I go, I have an orange tree right outside. I just take it off the tree. It's coming directly from nature as opposed to like, we're just getting so much further and further away from our food where it's like, it's just undergoing all this crazy processing that I couldn't even begin to really explain that. It's just, it's creating like a biological mismatch, I think with the human body and in in response, people are getting sick. Interesting. I mean, I know a lot about this stuff already, but just the way that you say it and the way that you're presenting it at least makes it feel a little bit more like I'm in control. You're kind of like, hey, listen, this is what's going on. Do what you got to do, but here's some time-tested things. And it seems a little bit more reasonable coming from you. We hear a lot of extremes. So that's, that's interesting to hear. Okay, so you hit the nutrition aspect. What are some other categories that you haven't really dove into yet that you think are good for the general public in terms of just well, overall talked- health? We talked like a decent amount about light, which I think is um, extremely important. So like nutrition, I don't believe in, yeah, I don't believe in like you being a night owl, you know, like when the lights go out on the universe, that's kind of your cue to turn it in for the night. And, you know, we've seen a lot of research that like people, if you're like scrolling before bed, especially like staring at a bright screen, you're tricking your body and it, your body thinks it's like noon in June as opposed to like, okay, it's, you know, nine 30, it's time to go to bed. So you're tricking your body and you're releasing the wrong hormones. So like you're now you're, you know, you're messing with your sleep, your recovery, like sleep is like a miracle, you know? So like taking the right steps throughout the course of the day. So like for me, the, the most easy steps to take is morning light, being outdoors as much as possible in general. And then like blocking artificial light at night, you know, and if you are going to be staring at screens, like I would highly recommend, you know, 
investing in a pair of like the blue blocking glasses from a reputable company, just so that light's not, you know, getting through your eyes and it does make a difference. So I think pulling up Amazon really- right now, cause I've been meaning to get some sort of blue blocking light that I can glasses that I can wear at night. I'm now like, all right, it's enough. Like it's time to do this. So I'm just, I just pulled up Amazon yeah, and like, like, as a reminder and I'm going to get these later. Yeah. Even wearing them during the day, if you're in front of screens all day, I mean, you see some of these influencers, like they're doing every video on Instagram with like the, the freaking red glasses out. It's not like I'm like that crazy. Well, you can get ones that are clear, but still block the blue light. I heard that those don't work. But Ooh, really? There's some people where it's like, I'm kind of like a, you know, like I have a, a wide array of knowledge and like a lot of good knowledge in these areas individually. But like, there are people that are like their entire niche is light, you know? And I guess, you know, it's like, sometimes you just got to throw your hands up and, and trust some of the experts. But I have heard them kind of talk about that nuance that like you want the ones that are actually orange or red. Okay. Good to know. So I make all my clients get those. I think they definitely notice that. And like going to bed at the right time, like your body releases certain hormones at certain times of the night. So the most beneficial sleep is supposed to come between 10 and 2 a.m. So you're kind of missing out on some of those like beneficial hormones that are being released at that time of night. If you are staying up all night, like scrolling and, you know, you know, I don't know how people are living, you know, you hear about these things, but I think a lot of us are really living like in this digital world now to an extent. And like, you got to have some willpower at a certain point. Like I'm not one of those people that's like, I think a lot of these things do kind of play into each other. Like the same way, if you make bad health decisions, like they're going to lead, like if you go out and you drink one night, you're probably not going to sleep as well. You're going to wake up. You're going to be more tired the next day. You're going to be more likely to order processed food or like taken and then you're going to be less likely to work out so like all these things are cascading against you but the same happens on the other end where like if you are going to bed early if you are eating clean real food if you are getting good sleep you know you have more energy to work out you have more mental focus to make better health decisions like they start all these decisions start conspiring for you at the same time so there is some willpower obviously involved, but like it gets easier when you start doing some of these things that your body expects you to do. So bedtime and then kind of your light intake is really going to determine, I think, a lot of your quality of sleep. Cool. Okay. So nutrition, sleep quality, light intake. So yeah, the other one would obviously be movement, you know, movement. Where yeah. Our bodies are made to move and sweat. So I think the simplest forms of movement, like one, you know, if somebody loves doing a certain type of exercise, that's the only way they're going to get into the gym. I'm not going to be one of those people that's like, no, you should do this instead. But I think the best things for your, your hormone production and just your overall health really is going to be lifting weights, lifting heavy things. You don't need to be like an all pro. I'm not a bodybuilder, but like I'll lift weights three times a week. And then getting in steps, you know, people use the number 10,000 steps a day. It's just like some arbitrary number, but it, you know, it makes sense where you can do a lot of things where you're walking passively, you know, taking a phone call while you're walking outside. Like now you're checking three boxes at once, you know, 
getting dropped off like in an Uber 10 minutes before your destination so you can get extra steps in, just taking walks after meals, like finding little ways to incorporate this into your day, just so like you're, you're staying fresh, you're staying young, your body's moving. It's just like such a cheat code. Like my dad's like 75 years old and he's lost like 20 pounds. Like he's just by walking around the neighborhood, you know? So yeah, like those are just the simplest things that people can do. You know, I think like there's other practices like yoga or Pilates that I think are awesome. Like, you know, like I think you're getting a lot of mental health benefits out of that as well. But just like steps and weightlifting, you know, are such simple solutions that I think people can take. I like it. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, a lot of good stuff here. I like how you simplified it. And, you know, like I said before, in the introduction is that a lot of this stuff is obviously going to be good for you because it will make you look more attractive. You're going to look better when you're healthier. You just look better. But also beyond just the physical appearance, your energy is going to be so much better. And I can, you know, really speak to some of the things that you talk about. I'm, I'm not at all perfect at any of this stuff. I'm always working on trying to get more steps in, trying to get more movement in working on eating as healthy as I can, always optimizing my sleep. One thing I do, Jared, optimize my sleep, and I've noticed a total difference. I wear an eye mask to shut out the light because I don't have the darkest curtains that they don't, I don't have the, um, what's it called? The blackout uh, curtains. Yeah, the blackout curtains. I did in my old place, my current place that I have, I don't, I don't have those. So it's like 80% of the way there. And, the place I'm in right now is a furnished, so I can't really change it. So I wear this really awesome just eye mask that, and by the way, also, I know we're talking about a lot of products right now. I could recommend mine, but there's, I had to go through like four different ones to, to find one that I really liked that was comfortable. I would just buy them and test them out for like a week. And then I finally found one that I liked. So, you know, it's up to you if you want to check that out on Amazon and just buy some and you can always just like return it if you don't like it or whatever. But I finally landed on one I liked and just game changer. I a hundred percent am getting deeper sleeps when I'm wearing those things. So that's, that's been helpful too. But anyway, uh, my point in, in saying all this is that fixing all this definitely helps your energy and your mood. And if you're not fixing those things, dating just becomes harder it becomes harder to get excited for the first dates. You might end up, because of the way you're eating or treating your body, you might have more anxiety or more releases of cortisol, which makes it more nerve-wracking to approach women or to go on first dates. You're just not going to be as with it because your energy is not all there when you're doing approaches, when you're on the first dates. You might just feel really lethargic and maybe depressed if you're eating really bad or not moving your body, which is not causing you to put in the energy and work to get really good pictures or swipe uh, the amount that you need to. It's just all related. That's why I wanted to have Jared on here. And I just think it's really cool Jared, that you shared all this with us. And uh, it was cool too, because I, I know you know a lot about this stuff. We, we've known each other for a very long time. And I watch you know your TikToks and Instagram reels and stuff. So I knew you knew what you were talking about, but I was just excited to see like how you were going to all package it here for the podcast. So uh, thanks for doing that. Is there any kind of last things that you want to say to the guys listening for the benefits of their health and just feeling better? Yeah, I think 
you don't like we went over quite a bit, especially when it comes to the nutrition and the light. And you don't need to try to do all these things at once because the likelihood that it actually sticks. If you approach it like that, um, as you know, trip as a coach, like, and I was just going to um, say spoken like a true coach. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. It's like, I kind of look at my clients almost like, you know, I do have a history in basketball in the NBA and it's like, I use this analogy where like, if you're Michael Jordan, you know, we both grew up in Chicago he wouldn't like go into the summer and work on 10 different things at once. Like he's, he's developing a jump shot. Then he's working on his post game the next summer, then his ball handling, whatever it is. It's like, he's, he's just kind of perfecting these different areas of his game. And then it all comes together to make him, you know, the greatest player of all time. And it's like the same with any development program. It's like, start with the nutrition and like do something, you know, make an, like an easy change, like having a healthy breakfast. You know what I mean? Like starting with that and kind of ingraining the habit where, you know, you're doing it for 40 days, whatever it is. And it's like, now it just becomes a part of your routine and like kind of taking these things in, in chunks. And, you know, um, by the end, like you have a full blown health routine and that's like really what you want to do in, in terms of your daily lifestyle to make it actually sustainable is kind of, you know, stop consuming health content. I would definitely say like, if you, if you actually are really interested, I would totally recommend like reading books or listening to, to podcasts as opposed to just like taking these like short snippets of information on Instagram or TikTok. Like they're not, you're not going to carry them into your daily life maybe they inspire you to follow a specific person and like dig into their longer form content. But I just don't think the brain learns uh, effectively like that. So it's like reading books, stuff like that. How about podcasts? Yeah, for sure. I love podcasts like Sean Stevenson, the model health show was one that I like really listened to a lot. There's one called the ultimate health podcast. These are, these are just health podcasts that I kind of listen to throughout my health journey that really gave me a lot of uh, knowledge on the topic. Those two off the top of my head, going slowly with things like you don't need to overhaul your entire like life overnight, but like, it's not going to change the same ways with like dating as you know, like until you start actually taking steps, like these girls are not just going to show up at your doorstep. Like you have to go and approach them. And like, you're not just going to get abundant health just by, you know, you have to actually take action. You can't just like listen to this podcast. You have to be like, okay, I'm going to eat a healthy breakfast, like, you know, consisting of some of the things that we talked about. Um, right. Eggs, you know, avocado, like real foods that you're cooking yourself. And then actually kind of building out your program, learning along the way or sourcing it out and getting help from someone along the way. Totally. And it, I would imagine too, if you were a person who didn't have any of this, like if you're listening to this episode and you're like, wow, I don't check any of these boxes. I'm not eating well. I sleep like crap. I drink a lot of alcohol. I, you know, never get outside. It might take you a full year and that's okay. Like it will take you a full year to create the habits. I always say this, this is just my own take on creating habits. A habit is really created when it's basically the inverse of what happens when you create the habit. So for example, let's say you're creating a habit. I'm going to do, you know, 10,000 steps every day. In the beginning, your normal is not doing the 10,000 steps. So it's 
it's an, it's uncomfortable. Yeah, there's a little bit of motivation. So in the beginning, it's kind of easy, but you know, two weeks in, three weeks in, it's kind of like okay, the the newness is over, and it it's hard. So you really have to work at getting out of that normal routine and doing that one habit that you're trying to create. And so it's uncomfortable to keep that up. So when do you know a habit is created? My opinion is when it's the inverse, where if you're not doing the thing, it feels really uncomfortable. Okay. So for example, you know, I'm not, or I was not for many years, like an avid flosser. And I'm not, I don't really even, I'm not a dentist. I don't speak to dental hygiene. I think we can mostly agree that flossing is probably the better move for you. And, you know, just throughout my twenties, I just didn't do that. It was like a lazy move. And, and that was something I knew like, okay, just one little tiny aspect of my life. I wanted to have the habit of doing it. And so now, I mean, I do it every single day and it's the habit where it's like, if I don't do it, which I will, but like, it would feel very uncomfortable if I did not do it. So meaning it will happen. It is now a part of my normal life. That's just like one example. If we want to go to dating, approaching was the same thing. It was very uncomfortable for a while. And then it got to the point where, okay, after many, many months of of getting good at it and then years of getting good at it, it would get to the point where if I saw a girl and I did not approach her, it would be uncomfortable and really sting that I didn't go over and actually do it. So I made that the habit. And I think that with this health stuff that you're talking about, it's going to be the same thing. Creating these new habits, working on it. You know, they say, oh, habits in 30 days. I don't know. I I think that it depends on what the habit is. I think some habits can take up to three to four months, 90 to 120 days, depends on how hard it is or what it is. It all just depends. So it might take a solid year to fix all the things that Jared is talking about. And that's totally cool. It's like, take that time. Because imagine putting a solid of your work into this. At the end of it, you're like a superhuman. You're going to feel amazing. And you did a lot of hard stuff over the course of a year that's now going to drastically change your life. Of course, that goes along with anything. But we're just, I know we're talking about, you know, specifically, how do we turn these things into habits? And I think it's just in a, a lot of repetition to the point where it's, it feels weird that you're not doing the thing that you originally started to do. 100%. Well, Jared, if they want to follow you and they want to see more of your content, where can they find you? Instagram's going to be the best place. It's the.health.goat, G-O-A-T, like greatest of all time. So you can find like my website through there. And then, yeah, Instagram, like I'm pretty active on there, posting stories and videos so yeah man you're crushing it i think the last time i even checked even though I, I do follow your stuff and i watch your videos but i don't like go to your profile i don't know you had like i don't know ten thousand followers and then today i looked at like you have over a hundred thousand i was like holy shit <laughs> like you're you're really crushing it people are are clearly they like what you have to say and uh i like what you had to say today too so thanks for being here man i'll put his instagram link in the show notes if you guys want to check him out like i said he's got some awesome stuff and thanks again man for being here thanks brother